This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am so excited to be here with you. Thank you for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics. Probably say that a lot, but I really, really mean it here with self-compassion. This is a concept, a principle that I teach so much inside of the marriage upgrade. It is a foundational skill set to develop because when you are able to be more compassionate to yourself, you are able to extend more compassion and grace to your spouse and anyone else in your life, quite frankly. It really just works that way. So when I talk about the word compassion and self-compassion specifically, it is essentially being an amazing, loving, and understanding friend to yourself. Now, all of us have negative self-talk. All of us have that inner critic that will send us into a shame spiral, a guilt spiral, a self-loathing spiral, and let's just let that be part of it, right? Like if you listen to my last podcast episode, I do not recommend fighting and resisting the parts of your brain that will deliver negative thinking. That is not useful because what inevitably happens is when you are trying to resist it, you pay more attention to it. So I want you to think about, you know, the bee that is buzzing around your head that you're like trying to swat that is now, you know, paying attention to you, you're paying attention to it, you're in this fight versus letting the bee come around and be on its merry way because nothing's happening with you, right? Same with our thoughts. So if you are the type of person who has a propensity to overthink in the negative direction, this idea, this practice of self-compassion is going to be so, so valuable to you. Now, I remember when I first heard of this idea of being self-compassionate and the way that I really feel like I was introduced to it at a deep, deep level was just the idea of having your own back. And I remember hearing that and just being like, yeah, that's a great idea. 
You should always have your own back, right? You should believe in yourself. You should think good things about yourself. And it wasn't until I was personally really tested in this idea that I truly believe that I developed sort of like, you know, really the strong muscle of practicing self-compassion. And I have to be honest and tell you that I'm, I've gotten pretty good at it, where the thoughts come, the self-loathing thoughts come, the negative thoughts come, and I don't stay there very long because I can practice self-compassion. So again, self-compassion is just being a kind, loving friend to yourself. You want to think about a person that you absolutely adore that is in your eyes, literally like the apple of your eye, and they're coming to you with all this drama, with all this sadness, with all this heaviness of thoughts about themselves. I want you to just think about what your natural reaction would be. It's like, wait a minute. Have you really forgotten who you are? (laughs) Because what you're thinking about doesn't really align with your soul, your spirit, who you have been created to be. And so self-compassion sort of reaches inside of you and pulls out the best of you to help you move forward with whatever you're struggling with. Now, I find that in this work, there are five specific areas where self-compassion is essential. Five very specific points in my coaching relationship with my clients that I'm like, the only solution here is self-compassion. You have to start there first before you can move on to anything else. So I wanted to share them with you and help you identify in your own life, like where do these things pop up for you and how can self-compassion really support you and help you to get to the other side. So the first thing where self-compassion is so important is when you have a significant unmet need in your marriage. Most of the clients that I work with are struggling with this in the realm of emotional and relational needs, right? So they're not not necessarily worried about their finances. They're not necessarily worried about safety. They're not necessarily worried about trust in their relationship. They are really wanting to feel accepted, appreciated, admired, desired, respected, right? So if When you take a look at some of your own unmet needs in your marriage, they're probably in the same sphere as well, right? They're unmet needs related to how you connect with each other. They're unmet needs related to how you feel about yourself in the presence of your spouse. And so if you are struggling in any way with any emotional or relational unmet need, you have to start with self-compassion. 
And what I mean by that is, again, if we refer to you being a loving, kind, and understanding friend to yourself, I want you to think about, again, the person you love and care about so much coming to you and saying, hey, I'm really feeling undesired in my marriage. I'm really feeling judged and criticized by my spouse. I'm really feeling like a burden or an obligation rather than someone who is cherished. I'm really feeling like my spouse just doesn't understand me, right? Now, this is someone you love and care about and that you actually understand. What would you say to them? How would you reach out to them to comfort them? Whatever script comes to mind is the exact script I want you to give yourself when you're feeling like some of your needs are not being met in your own marriage. That's it. You have to start there. And a lot of times I see people make the mistake of instead of being with themselves in this disappointing experience, they lash out at their spouse right? They try to convince and control and orchestrate situations so that they don't have to feel the experience of having this very important need to them be unmet. But when you can practice self-compassion, you take care of yourself first. And then whatever conversation you decide to have with your spouse is done from a more grounded place for you. Your energy is different when you've taken the time to practice self-compassion first. The second place where I see a really, really strong need to practice self-compassion is whenever you uncover a growth area for yourself. There are several clients that I'm working with right now who When we have gone through some of the activities and the structures and the processes that I've laid out for them, they're able to look at themselves and see the deep negative impact that they are having on their marriage. And when they do this, a lot of shame comes up right? They see how much they need to grow. They see how much they need to change in order for their marriage to get better. And sometimes that is overwhelming to them. And so instead of trying to action your way out of feeling the impact of this awareness, I want you to just have self-compassion, right? As women, especially when we find a place in our life where we are not excelling, especially when it deals with relationships, we want to fix it quick, fast, and in a hurry. But when you skip the step of practicing self-compassion, you're really putting a band-aid over a gash, right? And so... When you're able to practice self-compassion after you've uncovered a growth area for yourself, you teach yourself that it's okay to look at the dark shadows of who you are, right? 
You're not running away from it. You're no longer afraid of yourself. You're no longer afraid of taking a deep, long look in the mirror because you know that no matter what you uncover about yourself, you will be that loving, kind, understanding friend. You are safe with yourself. That is what self-compassion can offer you. The third place where it's so important, and this is something I, even just this past week, have really had to do for myself, is when you are misaligned with who you want to be. Basically, it's sort of like you set out with a goal for how you want to show up in life, in a relationship, in a particular circumstance, and you miss the mark. You miss the mark that you set for yourself. And so this week, I can think about probably three very specific interactions I had with my own daughter where, you know, again, all of this is relative. I do hold myself to an incredibly high standard as a parent with her at this age. She's eight. And so I can look back on moments where my comments to her when she you know, misbehaved or didn't follow through on something that I wanted to her to do, I can look back and see the impact of that. And I never want to guilt her. I never want to shame her. I never want her to feel like she doesn't please me as a child or that she is bad in any way. And so my tone just wasn't the greatest. Honestly, like I've pretty well trained myself to speak with her with respect and kindness. That's very important to me. But sometimes in order not to say a harsh word, I say nothing at all. And I might just have like a look. And so I can think of several interactions this past week where that was the case. And at the end of the day, like after I dropped her off at school or after she went to bed, I was sitting there with myself feeling like, oh, Siobhan, you missed the mark here. You know, my my child is very sensitive. I am very sensitive. We are like always co-regulating with each other. And so I sat with that and I could have spent the entire day or the entire night circling around in my head, what a horrible mother I am, how much I'm like traumatizing my child by my tone. But I didn't do that. I intentionally looked at each of those days and I noticed when I did show up exactly as the mother that I wanted to be. And I will tell you that doing that, that having compassion on where I made a little mistake and putting it in perspective for all the other times where I nailed it helped me to do better the next day, okay? We often think that shaming and self-deprecating thoughts about ourselves is what's going to make us improve nine times out of 10 because that's how we were parented as children, but it doesn't work, not as well as having a bit of self-compassion, recognizing that you're human, that you're not going to get it perfect every single day and being okay with that. 
knowing your heart, knowing your intention, honoring yourself for having the goal to show up in a certain way in the first place, that is worth acknowledging and celebrating. The fourth place where self-compassion is so, so important is whenever you are healing and navigating childhood wounds. So much of the work that I do with my clients involves taking a look back at your childhood and understanding the starting point for some of your triggers. Because anything that you are highly sensitive to, highly offended about, highly defensive about in your marriage did not start in your marriage. It started in your childhood. And so we uncover whatever that root is. I want you to imagine taking any and every trigger you experience in your marriage and being able to trace it to a very specific incident or circumstance or period of time in your childhood. And to know that when that comes up in your marriage, it's not all about what your spouse is doing, but so much of what you are feeling is the culmination of that imprint that started in your childhood. And this is not an easy thing to do. Even just this week, again, coaching a client, finding the root of a trigger, and it blew his mind and it brought up so much emotion for him. And so in that moment, right, as his coach witnessing his own breakthrough, I had compassion for him and I held the space for him to have compassion on himself and on that little boy who went through what he went through. That is the power of self-compassion. You can look at any part of your childhood and your history and have so much compassion for that little version of yourself that didn't know any better, that made the wrong assumption, that made the wrong connection and has been carrying that with you for decades. And by extension, when you can look back on your experience as a child and have self-compassion, you can also then have compassion for your parents. Never in my coaching calls with my clients do they blame their parents categorically without also showing compassion, right? They don't even really blame their parents. They are able to name and acknowledge what happened, but to also recognize that at the time their parents were literally doing the best that they could with what they had. And let's be honest, back then they didn't have that much to work with. We are so privileged to be in this generation where personal development and self-help and coaching is readily available at the click of a button for free, right? This podcast is one of millions of resources that we as adults now parenting our own children have access to. And so it is so important to know that 
whatever happened in your childhood, whatever, you know, seminal moment or milestone sort of created the template of who you are now emotionally and the things that trigger you, it's okay. You can still be that loving, kind friend, even in your younger age. And then the last place where self-compassion is so, so important is when you're feeling any undesirable emotion, any undesirable emotion, sadness, disappointment, guilt, hopelessness, shame, inadequacy, anger, frustration, irritation, whatever it is. And the way that I find it's best to look at self-compassion in this instance is to be able to trace your emotion to a very specific thought, right? So if you're feeling sad, you want to ask yourself, why am I feeling sad? What am I telling myself that is creating the emotion of sadness? right? I'm sad because I think my spouse doesn't initiate conversation with me. It seems like I'm the one dragging the relationship along. It seems like I'm the one that's always reaching out to them. And so I feel a little rejected. And in my rejection, I feel sad. When you can make the connection between the emotion that you're feeling and the thought you're thinking It is so much easier to have compassion and to be able to say, well, of course, right? Like, of course, if you're thinking your spouse is not that interested in you and that you're dragging this relationship along, of course you feel sad. There's really no other rational emotion to be feeling, but sad, right? If you're feeling angry, I feel angry because my spouse isn't following through on the things that they commit to doing. They said they would do X, Y, and Z, and they haven't done X, Y, and Z. And then when I ask them about it with love and kindness and respect, they get defensive, they have an attitude, and they blame it on me. Well, of course you're feeling angry. If that's what you're thinking and that's what's happening, of course you're feeling angry. That anger is valid if that is your experience. And so self-compassion enables you to validate yourself. It enables you to understand yourself and to just acknowledge that if this is what you're thinking and this is what you feel your situation is like, then of course that's the emotion that would come up for you. And this is important because acknowledging your emotions and not trying to stuff them and not trying to, you know, doubt yourself and tell yourself that you're crazy for feeling this way is an act of self-love, right? Your best friend who is loving and kind towards you, if you come to them and tell them, I'm feeling really irritated, I'm feeling really disappointed, If they're a really good friend, they're not going to tell you, you shouldn't feel disappointed. They're going to say, well, what happened? And then you're going to tell them and they're going to say, of course. That is what self-compassion looks like here. So 
I hope this episode has been helpful. I know that we are all just carrying a lot of stuff. Life is not easy sometimes. And no matter what you're dealing with, whether it's you have an unmet need in your relationship, you have uncovered this massive growth area for yourself. You are not aligned with the person you want to be. You are healing and uncovering childhood wounds, or you're just feeling a really tough emotion. Self-compassion is the antidote. Start there by being a loving, kind, understanding friend to yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It has really been just an honor and a delight to be able to have this conversation with you. And I hope that it helps you feel better about yourself and face your week with a little bit more love and understanding for yourself. That's all for today. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.